Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. If you've got business goals in 2024, our guest this morning can help you. Richard Boyer is the CEO of Excel Advisory Group. With more than 25 years in C-suite leadership positions in both private and public companies, Richard assesses businesses and provides strategic guidance to help them achieve and exceed their goals. Perfect timing as we head into Q1 of 2024. Richard was just telling us that he just finished making how many tortillas? 12. 12 tortillas. So um, I'm going to have to get some French Canadian cooking lessons as well. Maybe you brush up on my financial acumen too while we're doing that. So um, welcome and good morning, Richard. I'm wondering about as you as a consultant, when, um, when businesses are thinking about, you know, we're not quite hitting the mark internally, how does a third party outside view actually help? Because I do hear a lot of businesses saying, we've got, we've got trained people here who know this stuff. I have a CFO. I have people who understand it. Um, we shouldn't have to have the expense of going outside the company. So how do you see that it actually helps? I think... The biggest thing is you're coming in at 30,000 feet and don't necessarily have, you're not implicated in all of the drama of the business. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to kind of look under the covers, look in the nook and cranny in the corners, um, talk to people. It's probably the, you know, the best source of information that you get going through the organization. Just people love to talk. People love to tell you stories. And in many instances, the CEO is not listening. The CFO is not listening. I've been telling him for 15 years, um, could you help me get the message across? And so you have a pretty unique opportunity to collect information across the organization and be able to provide that feedback to the leadership. So is that your approach then when you first go in? Is it lots of listening or how, how do you go about this when you first start with a company? It is exactly about listening. So typically there'll be a couple of questions that I'll be interested in to speak to certain people about, and, and whether that's the CFO or the person that's in charge of human resource or, or production, um, something specific to their area, but generally let them talk. Can I, can I add something, Tara, as a user? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have uh, Richard as my business coach, but for me as a user, I, I've seen the difference you know, over the last 20 years I'm using a business coach and different ones. Um, I changed over the years. There's a big difference when I look now to hire a business coach, I'm looking, or I'm looking for someone that has experience in the business world. Because there are some coaches that got their you know, diploma from the university, never wrote a check in their life, never had to deal with a bank in their life, never had to you know, pay salaries from their own pocket and, and mortgage their home. And that's, as, as a user, that's a big difference I see between an advisor or a business coach that has experience life experience as on this industry suite or someone who came, came from academia. Does mm-hmm. it answer your question? Yeah, I think that makes a big difference too. I can understand that. You want to have that experiential piece, right? Mm-hmm. So Richard, what's your experience in terms of the business world that you bring into this? So I'm trained as a CPA uh, and spent uh, pretty well half of my career in a CFO type of capacity and the other half in a CEO capacity. So I've kind of been on both sides. I've been on the, the advisory side, tapping the CEO on the shoulder, saying, hey, we need to look out for that. We need to look out for this. And, and uh, on the CEO side, where I've had to, to lead a team as well. 
So the uh, the opportunity to to listen to colleagues. I'm very much a collaborator, not a um, a, a dictator in, a, in an organization. Uh, enables me to you know get as much feedback as I can and help people make decisions. Our guest this morning is Richard Boyer, CEO of Excel Advisory Group. Richard, I have to look at the last four years. In the last two year, four years, we had two major black swans hit us. One was COVID-19 and the lockout and the whole nine yard. And then the, the fastest growth in interest rate in Canadian history. Not the highest, but the fastest. So when we prepare for 2024, uh, how do we start? <laughs> I guess... My advice and, and the way that I typically work with, with clients is do a little bit of rear view kind of look. Let's just take a peek at, at what's happened and not just from a numbers perspective, but from a, a business perspective and a business environment perspective and understand what do we think are trends that are going to continue. And one of the great things that I encourage companies to do is to involve their staff not just have the C-suite or the, the leadership team do this kind of work. Get people that are in the front lines to give you their feedback. You're going to get different perspectives because people come from different parts of, of the business. So the rear view look is important. I think the ability to understand the market and your competition. I think particularly in small businesses, I, I have a, a relevant example. One of my sons is an entrepreneur and he's uh, still fairly young and he's, he's really eager to kind of just Go for everything. And I said, look, don't be shy to talk to your competitors. In situations where it's not competitive, where you're bidding for the same work, you can gain a fair amount of insight from, from folks who've kind of been there, done that. Uh, and for pricing purposes, just understand where the market's at. People will leave money on the table if they don't do that. So if there's a young, uh, an entrepreneur out, out there right now that's got a smaller business, how do they start that? Like, what, what does that call look like to an entrepreneur who would be a competitive? Hey, Bill, um, we're in the same business. Uh, and I would probably coach my client to be a little bit, play a little bit dumb. Just don't have all the answers because people generally on the other side of the phone don't particularly take well to somebody that's got all the answers. So inquire, ask questions. Hey, what kind of work are you bidding? What are you seeing with the price of steel? Um, or how are you finding subcontractors? I've got this particular opportunity that's, that's come up. I'm puzzled by this. What would you do? And it's really about building a relationship over, over time. Um, so go for it. Ask. So going back to the... Uh Prepare, we all prepare now for 2024. And, um, you know, how do we kind of look at the future based on the rearview mirror, which 2020, 2021, and half of 2022 was completely, mm -hmm. you know, off everything. So um, do you take the COVID era out of the equation of looking backwards? Or is it part of, you know, you have to look at it as... It may happen again. Um, how do you deal with, with the rearview mirror? <laughs> Interestingly enough, the rearview mirror is really just a small part of really building a plan to go forward. And to your point, to the extent there are some, some anom anomalies or, or some bumps within that rearview mirror period, um, you would tend to discount them. And so I would say to folks, look back, understand lessons from that time period, but be more interested in what does year one, three, and, and five going forward look like 
from an industry perspective, a market perspective, but as importantly for you, what do you want to do? Because a business really is going to be driven by, in many cases, the entrepreneur himself, herself, or, or the leadership team. What do you guys want to do? Where do you want to go? How hungry are you? Once you can answer that question, you can then start putting some plans into place uh, to get yourself there. What do companies come to you with? What, what are the problems <laughs> that they're usually trying to solve? Like, yeah. on average. Yeah, and my background is a CPA. It mm-hmm. tends to be uh, of a finance nature. The Probably the two most common ones that I come across is um, our financial reporting is off the track. We're not doing it on a timely basis. There's errors. Uh, the bank is, is concerned is, you know, because we're not submitting reports on time. So that's one path. The other one is a personnel issue. Is mm-hmm. my controller, my VP finance, my CFO um, just can't follow the growth of the business. Uh, he or she, you know, was really, really good. Uh, 15 years ago when we were this small, but today we're a multinational. We have offices across Canada. Uh, and then he or she just, just can't cut it. So can you help us either coach this person or find a way to really bolster the ranks of the organization by putting perhaps someone above that? And if there's already, uh, if there is no CFO, for example, I've got one client here in the city um, where we're talking today about putting a CFO above the controller because the controllers kind of just hit hit the ceiling. Mm. Richard, we have to take a commercial break. But Absolutely. before the commercial break, we have to thank Calgary Economic Development for being our sponsor. And we'll be back with Richard Boyer, CEO of Excel Advisory Group, following the commercial. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Richard Boyer, the CEO of XL Advisory Group. So before the break, you were talking about your approach as you go into these companies and uh, what they come to you for help with. Do you find that a lot of times CEOs are looking for somebody else to talk to, <laughs> that they just need to talk something out? Because Yes. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Who else do they? Who else can they confide in? Right. The uh, one of the, the, the coined phrases is "it's lonely at the top," right? Mm-hmm. And so you've been there, David. I've been there. I'm still and, there. And I'll say two things. Um, it's probably the piece of work that I enjoy the most because um, we get into all sorts of conversations. I obviously find out a lot more than what most people would in an organization. So in, in a trusted relationship, I really become the CEO's confidant. And in some cases, I become an extension of, of him or her to go and do stuff in the organization that he just doesn't want to do or perhaps shouldn't do. It's easy for me as, as a third party to do that. The flip side to it, and David's had experience in that space, and he just talked about it recently, is the peer group experience. So I facilitate a CEO peer group uh, based in Kelowna, um, for McKay CEO forums, um, and it's a it's a great forum where business leaders they don't have to be CEOs they just have to be the head of the the organization come together on a periodic basis um, to really work with each other and to to share experiences. Hey, 
I'm having to let go of somebody that's in a senior role. I've never had to do that. What have you guys or gals done? Mm -hmm. And so the ability to share with others who have been there, done that, is really, really helpful. One of the points you mentioned right now is that you sometimes become an extension of the CEO and you are delivering a message. Let's compare it to parenting. Sometimes as parents, <laughs> we say something to our kids, they won't accept it. But if someone else comes, mm -hmm. do you see it as an easier way to create change in a company with someone like you or another business coach or someone that is a third party versus the CEO leading the change? In some respects, yes. But I would tell you there's one fundamental requirement is that CEO needs to be behind you. It can't be Richard's idea that now we're going to you know, uh, uh, implement through the organization. It really has to be either something that the CEO and I kind of craft and, and he or she's on board. But it can't be something that he's, well, no, I've never heard of that. That makes absolutely no sense. That doesn't work. <laughs> Richard, do you sit in on meetings Uh, at the company that you're consulting with. And so what can you tell about what's going on in that company through sitting in on the meetings? So I'll sit in on the leadership meeting. Um, and again, as you build trust with the organization, you're there and people don't necessarily, they're not, they're not afraid, they're not uh, restricting the language that they use. You kind of just are one of them. And you see the dynamics, and it's a great opportunity to speak to the CEO after and say, hey, as we spoke about this particular issue today, notice that Mary was quiet. So what's happening? Is it, is it something that's happening at home? Is it that she's got a problem with this particular issue that we're discussing about? So I can have perhaps um, conversations with the CEO after the fact that others can't necessarily, because again, I'm not involved. I'm not, I'm not in the business. Mm -hmm. Can you tell about a team, how cohesive the team is? Like, I'm just wondering about how you diagnose what's going on just from a team meeting. Well, you obviously have the, I'm going to say that the simple fact of how is the meeting organized? Is a CEO or whoever's leading the meeting, you know, organized? That tells me something about the organization. If people are on their phone all the time, um, the... Um, The dynamics in terms of how people speak to each other, is it, is it respectful, is it challenging, uh, or is it everything that the CEO says, everybody kind of just goes yes. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a lot from just looking at people and listening in, in those meetings. And again, my role typically, I'm not bringing any files or any reports to the meeting, I'm really just there as an observer. I want to go back to the McKay group that you uh, run. and. Um Since I've been part of McKay for a while, uh, I know how the dynamic works and what the discussions. What is the latest discussion? What the, the, the members in your group or if you know from other groups see as the big challenges for coming 2024? So we, just, uh, we just came away from our annual conference. So the EDGE uh, Summit was just held in November in, in Vancouver. And one of the things that we've now rolled out to the community um, is a polling tool. So we poll our members and aggregate the data. And one of the questions we asked them was exactly that, right? So what is it that's keeping you awake with respect to, to 2024? And it's uh, personnel is still a big issue. Uh, recruitment is not as challenging. Retention is more challenging. Mm -hmm. So personnel is a big issue. Uh, people are still obviously very concerned about interest rates. Um, depending on the parts of the country that you talk to, people are still worried about a, a recession, Um, so 
no, there's a lot on, on people's mind. It's not, it's not clear sailing. We're with Richard Boyer, the CEO of Excel Advisory Group. So could you think of a turnaround story where something that you're really proud of when you went into an organization and maybe they were a little resistant and you helped them see some things that maybe they didn't see and it ended up helping the business? Sure. I'll give you a personal example. Um, so one of my first roles in industry after finishing my, uh, my CPA uh, was with a newspaper slash printing group. Uh, and I was hired to be the CFO. I had no experience in, in the space, uh, but I had a, a great uh, boss and, and a great mentor who basically gave me all the rope that I needed to just go find out. We're not making money. Go find out. Just And I was able to come back. My analytical skills are pretty good. I was able to, to come back and say, look, here's everything that I've found, and, and here's opportunities that we can put together. So... Uh, I was still young in my career, so I wasn't the guy that was going to be sell the, selling this to the rest of the team. So my, C, my CEO uh, boss had much more experience than I did. But together, we put a plan together that said, look, we have no choice. If we don't make radical changes in terms of expenditure spend, um, ultimately this business won't be here. So we've got to make some, some choices. It's not going to be fun. And part of my role was to go and sit with each of the division leaders and say, okay, let's roll up our sleeves and what are we cutting in your budget? Mm -hmm. And so I had my boss backing me up saying 100% authority, Richard, with respect to everything that has a dollar sign next to it. And he said that to the rest of the team. So that made my job easier. But the job overall of, you know, cutting a couple million dollars out of a $20 million budget was pretty difficult. Richard, you were in some big organizations in your past and uh, now as, as a coach and a business coach, um, what are the two or three important traits, <laughs> cultural traits, that now that you preach to your kind of team <laughs> of uh, whether it's McKay or your sure. uh, private clients that are important for especially entrepreneurs? Because as an entrepreneur, we are, we're kind of focused on the day-to-day -day sometimes instead of focusing We're trying to yeah we're trying to get the next buck instead of looking at the big picture and not working on the company so what are the two or three cultural traits as you know I have 47 employees it's a small company but it's still we have room to grow and how do we what should I look for I guess the first thing I would say or focus on in, in terms of culture to to the leader the the founder whoever is if you don't look after the culture, There is a culture that's going to set in, and you may not like it. And it's probably a lot easier to build and implement a culture, and we can talk about that as, as a different subject, than having a laissez-faire approach and then waking up one day and going, what's this there? What's that there? Why are we doing this with clients? So you really, really want to be the chief culture organizer. It doesn't mean that you do all the work, but it does mean that you own it. So you have to, you know, as, as the leader, take that on. I think that's, I think that's one of the, the biggest components. The other piece that I would advocate is the notion of values. We speak about values in organizations sometimes um, without really understanding what, what that is. At the core, values are behaviors. And if you tolerate certain behaviors, much like you say, we talked about children before, if you tolerate it with children, guess what they're going to do? They're just going to keep doing it. If the 
senior salesperson who's got an excellent track record, keeps parking in the, hand- in the handicapped spot, and you don't say anything about it because he's not handicapped, guess what's going to happen? Next day, it'll be somebody else. And then spots reserved for visitors are now going to get filled with some of your staff as well. So it's really important that the tone comes from the top and that you believe in what the behaviors are that are acceptable in the workplace and people can understand, oh, okay, that's an acceptable behavior. I should do that. This is unacceptable. It may lead to consequences. Yeah, I could not agree more. Absolutely. (laughs) Richard Boyer, thank you so much for coming in this morning. The CEO of XL Advisory Group. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.